0: This is Movies, a podcast about the act of cinema, and of course, with me today, it's one man, one man only, who else would it be? It's Hans. Yes, hello, how's it going? How's it going? What is with your, I feel like we have very opposite cams today. Mine is very dreamy and smooth, and yours is very crunchy and hard sharpened. Is it? yeah you look like you took the sharp well now you're now you can see it all (laughs) but your face is like very we took the sharpness tool and then we added another sharpness effect and then we added a third layer to that that's what yours looks like
1: hold on let me make myself beautiful with this softening filter let's see there we go that's way more camera friendly (laughs) in my opinion all my happy wrinkles are gone uh from laughing that's all I have, just fucking laughing marks on mm. my face because I'm not retarded. It's very uh, Buddha esque. Yeah. Yeah. Just How are you doing? Yeah. How are you up. doing
0: today, Hans? How are you doing?
1: I'm all right. It's hot as balls in here. Uh, the, we're, we're going through uh, our, our winter, is incredibly disgustingly hot the middle of the day, and then the rest of the day it rains. But today it hasn't rained, so it's just been disgusting for the whole day. So I've been. Uh, I've been not sweating as much as before, which I'm happy about because <laughs> mm-hmm. before when I was fatter, so I was like 50, 60 pounds fatter, I would just sweat even when I was in Boston shooting the movie and we were, it was freezing outside. It was more
0: or less winter. Yeah. It was like yeah. fall and then early winter and yep. you were still... I was still moist all the time. <laughs> yeah. But you, were all, you made an effort to wear hooded sweatshirts every single day. Yeah.
1: Was yeah, that because, the... because
0: you were cold or because you were insecure about your weight?
1: Well, because I only brought that and like three shirts, I didn't plan properly. (laughs) So I had to yeah, to not wear the same shirt all the time I can just cover that with with the hoodie and hope that uh, it wouldn't stink too much. But I think my farts took care of the sting or took the attention yeah, I, away from that, i was gonna so. say
0: you know for somebody who was allegedly sweating all the time you never stunk you never yeah. stunk like that it was just your insides were rotten. yeah i didn't
1: have that you know you know when uh, you hang out with a fat person that's constantly sweaty and then they just have a like a bubble of just moist and stink surrounding them all the time i always felt like that but no one's ever said that so i don't know if uh, if people are just not honest with me or it's just that i was more self-conscious than i was supposed to be but i also think my farts took the attention away they
0: did It really good <laughs> i mean the apartment itself we've talked so many times about this, the apartment itself really reeked, and you would yeah. only pick up, you would grow nose blind to it from being inside of it, but then you would leave, you go out for a smoke break or go up to the convenience store, come back and want to die, you want to puke. Yeah,
1: so yeah, that yeah. that
0: was it. So I guess it was kind of hard, to, maybe we just became nose blind to each other, because we were working pretty long days, every single day. I, I, ha- I mean, yeah, it was cold out, but I would have to imagine nobody packed that heavy duty, you know, mm-hmm. there was no abundance of t-shirts and what have you. So Jake probably stunk. I'm going to say Jake <laughs> Jake was the one who smelled that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, you know, that reminds me of the past, right? The past. Mm-hmm. That was three years ago now and two years ago now. What about, what if we think back to like 22 years ago? What if we think back to...
1: Kenny oh, versus Spenny.
0: Can't, no, I wasn't thinking that at all. What if we think back to 24 years ago? What if we think back to when Cartoon Network was actually
1: good? When they mattered? When they were doing cool things, cool creative things, instead of whatever they're doing? I don't even know. I'm not even What do they do now?
0: See, I read a tweet this week that said, oh, Cartoon Network has given up because I guess they've taken a total dive in the 5 to 15 years old demographic. All of their programming now is catered to young adults. And young adults being not even that young. We're talking like 22 to 30. That's now? That's now. I guess they they, they never really seemed all that popular, though, with the 5 to 15 demographic. That always, yeah. When we were kids, I feel like that was definitely dominated by Nickelodeon and mm-hmm. Disney.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, I always feel like for this Cartoon Network cartoons, they always had adult jokes um that will go over my head uh the one of the movies that we're talking about today which is um dexter's laboratories it opens with one yeah it's a sex joke immediately his parents are just playing twister but i think he i I think i wrote down the line the dad says um uh, well she says something they're they're playing twister you can't see it yeah you see the legs sticking up
0: their arms and their legs are showing on screen, and she says something to the effect of uh and then uh, she says, "Honey, I don't think that's going to fit." Yep, and yeah, uh, of course I was persuaded. I was
1: so. passively watching it at that point, and I had to like, wait a second, what the fuck, what is going on here? And it's just yeah, they're just playing Twister. So, I feel like even though, I mean, you can't really say that something like Ed Ed and Eddie was for young adults, you know, but I feel like they always sprinkled enough uh, more mature jokes for teenagers in their shows where even if you were watching something like that, you could still get something out of it instead of just like a Rugrats, you know, which was well, even
0: Rugrats actually had some coded jokes in there that were meant for the parents, I guess, in the audience. They thought about that sort of thing once upon a time. They don't really think about it anymore because... A lot of the I don't think it's just Cartoon Network as a as a you know platform anymore, they have to skew their children's content to 30-year-old men. I think yeah, Disney no, is definitely guilty of this with their films and their streaming platform, but it it it's pretty spread out. You know, you wouldn't even be the fact that they think now to do Zoe 101, the movie sequel, and Good Burger 2. When there's been no presence of that for children for 20 years, it shows that the stunted mindset of the millennial adults is something that they view as lucrative because they're not having kids and they need a purpose as networks. So what do they do? Well, now we're nostalgia bait.
1: Are they lucrative though? Who's watching? Soy? what is it? 102, I think it's called now yeah um it's a film
0: it is it's a film just like everything orson wells made was a film zoe yeah. 102 is also a
1: film and uh shout out to dan schneider that i'm sure is still getting some oh fuck money. yeah he is yeah. they
0: won't put his name on the movie that and good burger are you kidding me he's making bank he's still posting on instagram like nothing happened didn't you show me one of yeah, his yeah, posts yeah. recently yeah, and wasn't yeah. wasn't some guy like fawning over him like damn you're such a legend dan you're schneider a legend,
1: dan. <laughs> he the legendary it,
0: dan yeah i don't, i mean if you're him you're probably thinking wow i got away with it I know, you know, yeah. They all think I am, but they don't have the proof I am. Well,
1: you know? he he did. He's a gazillionaire, right? And now he doesn't even have to do anything, but he's got enough money, and he's still getting, I'm sure, residuals for the Icarlys that I think are also remade. Uh, this good burger thing, I'm sure he's getting some out of that. The Zoe one, so he's still going to continue. As long as these channels don't move on with their content, which they seem to not be doing by what we just mentioned, he's going to continue getting paid and he doesn't even have to show his face anymore. Sure, he won't be able to smell children's feet anymore or request uh, uh, children's photos on Twitter. So sorry, Dan, I guess, but he he never got in trouble for any of it. And yeah, he got got away with it. So I, I guess... Good for him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't
0: suffer anything except Nothing. losing his position at Nickelodeon, which I'm sure was extremely lucrative. I think he was he had to have been rating in anywhere around like 20 million dollars a year because that was his network. He was kind of the Taylor Sheridan of Nickelodeon, mm-hmm. really. All those shows were his. He was the Tyler Perry before there was a Tyler Perry.
1: Yep. Yeah. And uh A creative genius, some would say, uh, that's able to monetize children's content. I think the the
0: boy actors who worked for him all have that to say. The girl actors, um, I'm not so certain. It might be another description.
1: Isn't there a rumor that uh, one of their children is his kid? Yeah. Jamie Lynn Spears'
0: kid is supposed to be Dan Schneider's. Who knows if that's true? But it's uh,
1: not that unbelievable. I wonder if is he even oh well he is uh on the imdb credits as based on characters created by so Mm -hmm. he's going to continue even getting credit for everything so uh he did the um what's his name that's in jail creepy fat man producer no balls Harvey. Harvey. he did the harvey the right way i guess because he never got caught so yeah this holly holly weird for you right
0: (laughs) yeah hollywood ghost stories i mean the the real thing there is the parents had no incentive to ever press charges against him because they were greedy evil people Mm -hmm. and they were whoring their kids out yeah and i think most of them if not all of them knew exactly what the deal was so you know if if the the parent is really the one who's you know that that's your your system. That's supposed to be your safety net, and if that's compromised, then what can you really do? Nothing. Well, that's You're five that's years the, old. You know, in Dan Schneider's wor- office. With that's your the socks worst. Off.
1: That's the worst part, right? That uh, as long as their kids got famous and they got the money, it's like, yeah, whatever. Just do, just mm-hmm. go, and just fucking show him his feet. It's fine. We'll wash him when you get home. You <laughs> know, uh, that, and and that's the type of parent that you get for for uh this children that work in this show, it's kind of like that uh what was that show toddlers and tiaras right wasn't that show very popular yep. because the parents were so insane that they were just like yeah whatever By am whoring my daughter up as long as she gets famous and i get money uh so uh yeah good good for dan what what is his his name is, is like dan Slot or dan something. warp dan, dan slot. <laughs> that warp, yeah and um surprisingly his posts don't get a lot of engagement they get a lot of likes but the comments are not there which kind of mm-hmm. tells me that maybe that's someone's... always very suspicious yeah somebody mm-hmm. buying some pakistani bots i don't know or does he hire know. someone to just delete negative comments so that it, oh any well comment,
0: yeah that, right? that could definitely be the case that's actually probably more likely than he has bots hitting his posts i think it's much more likely because i've noticed Just from following uh, Luke Valentine, who's on our sister program, Bang, uh, he gets a lot of hate every single post. And, you know, if you're Dan Schneider, who's much more well-known and infamous, really, you have to be getting nailed every single time you upload, I I would assume. So maybe he's got like a friend at Instagram who has like, all right, we got a filter here. Maybe not. Maybe somebody helps him run the account and just is very vigilant about that sort of thing. Or maybe it's him. Maybe he just goes, Oh, that's a nasty comment. See you later.
1: And also let's just say that Luke didn't do something as bad as Dan Schneider. No, let's (laughs) let's definitely
0: (laughs) clarify that. I think Luke's going to do another show with us um, soon. Like next week soon. We'll see. Cool.
1: I like to talk to him, but yeah, that's, that's cool. We'll do it anyway. All right. uh, Yeah. Well, what were you watching?
0: So you had to have been pushing like twenty at the time, right? How old were you? In ninety nine.
1: When did when in ninety nine I was thirteen. You fuck. (laughs) (laughs) That was yeah. When when we got cable for the first time, those were the two channels that I would watch: just Nickelodeon. We went from Nickelodeon to Cartoon Network. Did you have a
0: preference? I feel like so Cartoon Network really started to define its personality around 97 or 98. I I think the first cartoon that made a splash that was an original cartoon was Johnny Bravo.
1: That mm. That's
0: the first one I remember anyway. Johnny Bravo, Cow and Chicken and Powerpuff Girls were the three that landed on the scene first. And unfortunately, it's very unfortunate because I actually think it was the best of the three cartoons. Cow and Chicken has kind of been forgotten in history.
1: Have you watched it recently?
0: No, I haven't. Okay. I don't know where you can find it, really. It's probably on YouTube. Uh, oh, HBO,
1: HBO Max has them.
0: Uh, really? Maybe in your neck it was not mine.
1: Well, I don't have access to HBO Max anymore. Isn't that great? Because my app updated to Max, but Max is not available in Latin America. So I, I paid for a year of HBO Max. And then when they contacted them, they were like, yeah, well tough shit yeah, <laughs> pretty much why? that's what they said no it's like okay well fucking great you know i i was very optimistic
0: about david zaslov coming into power at hbo at warner brothers and every single decision that has been made in the year or so that he's been in charge has been questionable if not terrible so i thought okay cool we're gonna start you know cutting the like the really needless diversity shit which a lot of that stuff got left over. Like they did a a season of Project Greenlight that was shot probably a year and a half ago. And they just call it Project Greenlight, the next generation or some shit like that. Mm -hmm. And you got Kumail Nanjiani and the director of The Woman King instead of Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Wes Craven, uh, Chris Moore, all these very highly reputable, impressive people. They swapped them out with Kumail and The Woman King's director.
1: Yeah, you know, uh, famous filmmaker Kumail Nanjiani. Um, famous script writer Kumail Nanjiani if, who... I,
0: if I did that project green light competition and then I saw who that <laughs> roster was I'd be like ah, fuck this you know what I'll take this to Doug Walker he can direct my movie
1: yeah who else was there for that for um, the original or for the new one no no for the new one
0: the new one has uh, the woman
1: who oh, led
0: and wrote the show Insecure Issa, Issa Rae yeah She's fine, but she—I wouldn't take it. Her like cues from her on indie filmmaking. None of these people have any sort of insight. That was the thing about Matt Damon and Ben Affleck is they went and they re- wrote *Goodwill Hunting*, mm-hmm. and there was the whole screenwriting portion of that competition before they recruited the director. And then I think eventually they they merged it for season two, and then split it apart again for season three because there's a more interesting dynamic in play those guys knew boots on the ground hard work when it came to filmmaking kumail was a stand-up comedian who started on silicon valley and that gave him the opportunity to write the big sick with his wife the woman king director i don't know anything about her i'll be honest with you i kind of just assumed she was a diversity hire at some point and got gifted that movie because they were like we need to hit our black woman quota here at fox or disney whatever company put that out and is ray as far as I know, she's just, she was an actress and maybe a writer and one, like Kumail, one came before the other. There was no, hey, we're going to figure out how to do this as cheap as possible and on our own terms in an indie film sort of way. You know, you had Harvey Weinstein on episodes, of, he never showed his face, but he was always this looming figure yeah. like, we we might have to call Harvey and see if we can, we can get more money here. And then Chris Moore would be like, "You never call Harvey. Don't ever call Harvey. You call. Are you t- talking about calling Harvey behind my back? I'll fucking fire you." So, like the, all that drama of operating within the infrastructure of Dimension or Miramax was very interesting and unique to Project Greenlight, and some of that carried over when they did the fourth season on HBO with a movie called The Leisure Class, because you had those same characters still in it. It was still Ben, Matt, and Chris Moore, but. Uh, I think some of that that personality had been lost,
1: yeah, let me see. So that director that you her name is Gina Prize by the Wood. and uh she has twenty credits as a director, but she's got a uh, love and basketball.
0: oh, she hold on. she directed that, yeah, all right. then I'm talking out of my ass. apologies to what's her name name Nina by the Wood? gina, gina uh, prince you know,
1: by the wood it's gina prince by the wood
0: my apologies you're worth your salt
1: so she did that she did a movie called disappearing acts that seems to be a romantic african movie with uh what's how many romantic
0: since? african movies you watch
1: um w- what's the vivica fox jamie fox one with tommy davidson
0: i think it's hot foxes yeah oh, wait that, that no one. it's what is it called it's you called, know you what know what's it called
1: about? Yeah, yeah, that one. That's the romantic African movie. <laughs> uh, she directed an episode of the Bernie Mac Show, two episodes of Episodes of Girlfriends, uh, an episode of Everybody Hates Chris. She directed a Secret Life of Bees, okay. um, something called Beyond the Lights, an episode of Cloak and Dagger. I didn't even know that came out, uh, and then a movie called The Old Guard, um, with. Um, Netflix movie with Charlize Theron for, yeah. So that's her. That's Non-stop her. Stop African. Then Issa Rae directed an episode of The Quar, which is a TV series. Don't know. And then uh, uh, The Misadventures of an Awkward Black Girl. She's a series also, I'm guessing, one episode and did just a bunch of producing. On, I'm sure the things she was. Okay, so she at.
0: doesn't actually know anything about it, and she's just an HBO talent that got roped into that because that show's over now. Yeah. Okay. Got it. All right. So, just, like uh, that director then is the only one worthwhile in that entire lineup. Nobody else knows shit. Well, that's unfortunate. But anyway, we're talking about Cartoon Network here. That's <laughs> yeah. another Time Warner property. Another another company that was owned by Ted Turner. Oh yeah,
1: but what I was getting to, uh, Cow and Chicken. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's very, there's a lot of butts and a lot of like weird sexual, but not sexual Mm -hmm. jokes and like feel to it, uh, that I don't think modern day sensitivities will work with that even though it's still funny and i yeah that that was one of my favorites that i used to really like uh courage the cowardly dog mostly because of the look of it and how they went all in with the creepy factor uh johnny bravo was always funny well let's Uh,
0: let's concentrate on that first run from cartoon network which okay was johnny bravo Dexter's Lab. Dexter's Lab. That was the big breakout. Oh, that and Powerpuff Girls were equally the mm-hmm. big breakouts. Cow and Chicken. Uh, Powerpuff Girls, as, as stated before, was anything else in that contingent Just in
1: the nineties? No, the the well, the only ones that started in the nineties was Dexter. Um, Powerpuff. Really? Yeah, no. Powerpuff Girls was from two thousand three to two thousand five. No, no, no,
0: that's impossible. The Powerpuff Girls movie was two thousand one or two
1: uh let me see
0: let's take a look at this real quick
1: oh no you're right 1998 um is when powerpuff girls started what the fuck is this years so wikipedia is fucking me up all right 90s yeah well they came out from water cartoon do you remember water cartoon
0: no I, i i i remember cartoon cartoon that I was, could... <laughs> I think, what a lot of this stemmed from. I know Johnny Bravo certainly did and Powerpuff Girls mm-hmm. did, but what a cartoon I'm, I don't know off the top of my head. It's
1: the same. So they just renamed it later. Oh, uh, right, and right. it was just uh, it was just half an hour of shorts, of animated shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, let me see what came out from the Dexter Laboratory. Johnny Bravo, Cow and Chicken, Powerpuff Girls, Coward, Courage, the Cowardly Dog. Okay,
0: so Courage was part of the original... We it did not get greenlit probably until two thousand two thousand one, I'm I'm assuming, but uh I guess it was part of that cartoon cartoon lineup.
1: Yeah, same with uh which I'm surprised, uh, uh Sheep in the Big City, Green and Evil. Damn, uh, Sheep
0: in the Big City. That was a boring ass cartoon. I remember I seeing either. that and I really, really didn't like Billy and Mandy. I hated Billy and Mandy.
1: I I'm, I'm not familiar with those. Billy and um, Mandy
0: was uh a boy and a girl brother and sister who team up with the grim reaper and go on adventures oh. yeah I, don't,
1: I never watched that um megas xlr do you ever see that it was, uh, like a fat mechanic that had like a uh, cars that would become like transformers or something i don't know no code name kids next door also came out of what a cartoon too late for me yeah. yeah
0: that was another one
1: so i guess uh yeah that was the, the initial word uh lineup was just what Dexter. Johnny Bravo, Powerpuff Girls. And that's it. Tamari Jack was 2001. I Am Weasel. Do you
0: remember I Am Weasel? Yeah, that that was a spin off of Cow and Chicken, wasn't it? Yep. Okay. I
1: keep confusing them with the Nickelodeon ones because I remember things like um, uh, Angry Beavers feels very Cartoon Network tone wise, Mm -hmm. uh, more than, than the safe Nickelodeon dog like you remember Doug and I how, do. how very safe and non-controversial that was? It was just a dork. Well, Disney bought that eventually and the animation style
0: changed. It was probably for that reason. It was probably because it mm. was so safe. Yeah, I have the list uh, pulled up here that you were probably okay. reading off. I'm really surprised. I mean, I guess it makes sense in retrospect why it's been buried, but Cow and Chicken being canceled first after only two years, hardly even... A full two years dexter's lab lasted way too long uh well, they Johnny did the Bravo, same thing
1: right with dexter they changed the animation after season three i think and that's mm-hmm. when it started failing and no one cared anymore because they, they might made...
0: have swapped out a couple of voice actors as well i remember oh, yeah. feeling different mm-hmm. rugrats is the same story over on nickelodeon once they changed the animation style i remember what was it grandpa lou's voice changing and that was the end for me. I said this. Then they the same did
1: uh Grown Ups. Remember Grown Ups? Rugrats All Grown Up. I think all it was called, up. and he was just them as preteens. Mm-hmm. So just well, there's rocket power.
0: Wow, Ed, Ed and Eddie ran really late. It ended in November of two thousand nine. I don't remember it going that long. Who was watching Ed? Ed. Yeah. And... That's that's kind of interesting. I wonder what those late episodes are like. I have no idea, but that show is very popular. I'm surprised they never did an Ed, Ed and Eddie
1: movie. I'm I'm surprised that they did these two movies that we're going to to talk about. I guess uh, Johnny Bravo has two specials. Remember the Indian Johnny Bravo special where he finds an Indian? Because Johnny Bravo goes Bollywood and is just an Indian Johnny Bravo.
0: Mm, I think we talked about this on Civic TV when yeah. we were watching. Or we were trying to watch the Flintstones movie that they did for Cartoon Network that was all about Fred and Wilma getting a divorce or trying to avoid a divorce by going on a cool vacation, which all sounds like, very adult. <laughs> and remember, they're just making sexist jokes throughout. It was like very adult-themed. I guess that would be technically part of this lineup if we could find it, but nobody can seem to find it.
1: Yeah. And, and then I feel like Craig McCracken is responsible for a lot of this along with our Genndy Tartakovsky because uh, they had their hands on on most of these shows I think Samurai Jack, Dexter's Lab, Powerpuff Girls, uh, I'm not sure about Johnny Bravo but uh, there's Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends who he was with later uh, so they're they're very much tied to the success of those shows of uh, Cartoon Network I think the the Maybe not to the level of um, Dan Schneider, but they were definitely two of the big stars that that studio, if you want to call it, that had um, when it comes to animation to the point where I think uh, isn't uh, Gendy Tartakovsky still doing things for them? Well, he had the
0: so there's all right. We're only covering two Cartoon Network films tonight. We're covering Dexter's Lab Ego Trip released in 99. And we're covering the Powerpuff Girls movie. What I just realized right here is that there actually was an Ed, Ed and Eddie movie. And that was in 2009. It was uh, a a television release, 90 minutes long. It was called Ed, Ed and Eddie's big picture show. And I do vaguely remember this, this film. Uh, We will have to cover that on another episode. Maybe we'll do a part two to this one because there are blind spots that we did not realize up until today, because the line between Television episode, TV movie, and feature film is mm-hmm. very blurred with a lot of these cartoons. Because, for example, and we'll talk about um, his name's Getty, you said, or Gendi? Gendi, his Russian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gendi Tartakovsky, right? Yep. Okay. Yep. He did the show Samurai Jack. They released the first four episodes of Samurai Jack as a movie. And that's called Samurai Jack, the premiere movie. And you can't really find that anywhere online, but you can certainly find it on DVD. You can find it on videotape. So do we consider that? I kind of feel like we should consider that. Ego Trip was a directed television movie.
1: I'm down for watching that. I'm down for watching Johnny Bravo Goes Bollywood. (laughs) We could watch that. I don't think that's a movie,
0: but we could cover it for certain. Is it feature-length? Is it over- 60 minutes?
1: It's an hour and 12 minutes. Holy
0: shit. That is a it, movie, as far as it, I'm concerned. Yeah,
1: it says after watching a true Hollywood story type documentary in which he's considered a forgotten star, Johnny Bravo travels to Mumbai, the entertainment cap- capital of India, to prove himself he's still popular. Okay. Confusing Bollywood, you know, India with Hollywood and Indiana, respectively. Wow. Okay. So there's a little bit of a yeah we should we should we should cover this i'm looking at the wikipedia
0: right now tv films we have ego trip we have samurai jack the premiere movie we have johnny bravo goes to bollywood that confirms it it is a film it's a a movie it's a motion picture ah man they actually did quite a lot we did not we did not have it um down for the episode it's gonna
1: become a series (laughs)
0: No, I mean, listen. I think getting the quintessential cartoon, early cartoon network characters in their films is something that we can do. I'm not watching Ben Ten movies. I'm not you watching. Want, you don't
1: want to watch the live action Ben Ten movies?
0: Absolutely not. Um, so we we're not going to do any of that. We're not going to do Teen Titans. I would be very interested in seeing Flintstones on the Rocks if we could find a copy mm. of it. But it's so rare, it seems like. So we'll pick back up for a second episode, and we will watch the Johnny Bravo movie. We'll watch Samurai Jack. And I really don't want to watch the Billy and Mandy movie or Codename Kids Next Door. I just
1: found Playstones on the rooks. It's on uh, archive.org.
0: I knew it. I knew it was going to be archive.org. Because everything is on archive. That's going to be like... That's like currently the Tubi of these internet video engines archive.org is very underrated for finding tv broadcasts and that's all i watch these days i don't Mm -hmm. watch things on streaming i'll watch the mary tyler moore show as part of a nick at night (laughs) seven hour compilation
1: every single night well is it an official home of colombo right there's so many Colombo episodes. Org. Yeah, there's so many episodes of Colombo there. That's where I, when we were going to do our Colombo episodes, that, that episode. That's where I found most of the ones that you said were like the the main ones that we should watch. I believe if most of those, what do you 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 gave me like six? I think mm-hmm. most we of those are the not theatrical all. ones. Right. What, most Mo- of those are what? Most of those, if not all of them, are on archive.org, or at least when I checked, what two years ago when we had when you had this idea uh are they good quality or are they tv recordings they they were tv i mean this flintstones one is not in the best quality but at least it's there well the flintstones
0: uh, one was never aired after that except maybe one other time and it was never given a physical media release so that's the only version that you're probably going to get until they decide all right we're going to pull the trigger and do a commemorative blu-ray
1: Give me the name of one of those Colombo episodes and I'll find it and show you what it looks etude like. Etude in black. Huh? Etude in black. Okay, let's see. Let's see. Jesus, you're making a Mexican man <laughs> spell etu- etude. <laughs> that's pretty
0: straightforward. How do you think uh, it's
1: spelled? E-T-U-D-E? hmm Oh, that's lucky. Well, that's not lucky. That's just knowing, <laughs> knowing the basics. Uh, anyway, let's see. uh well that one's not that one's not there Uh, so maybe i'm full of how
0: about uh um, prescription murder
1: what's the one with uh with cassavetes because that's where i saw that one
0: that's it dude in black
1: oh well maybe i don't know how to search movies that's all um,
0: right we yeah we'll do the Colombo show at some point eventually and it'll be good but we gotta you know, hey did you see that they had to recall their Columbo box set for Kino Lorber I guess why? I think the Colombo estate or the um what are the creator's names Lincoln something they probably didn't sign off on all the extras oh all right Here I it guess is. We're checking out well, you found it nice all right let's take a look
1: well, we loads. are watching
0: Etude in Black, Columbo, season two. Of, oh, this is a DVD rip. This is a straight-up DVD rip.
1: I just wanted to show the quality. See, so it's... That's pretty good. Yeah. you know those darks there. This is such a great episode, too.
0: <laughs> it is a great episode. This is by far my favorite episode of Columbo. And the behind-the-scenes on this, which you can read in... There was a Columbo book like a behind the scenes history of Colombo book that was released maybe last year that's very insightful on what the whole process for this was and it was a lot of Peter Falk having gone and worked with John Cassavetes on his films and then coming back to Colombo and being like well why don't we do things this way now you know because he worked with an actual director who Mm -hmm. had a very distinct process for making movies and suddenly wow he's got a full blown mullet here Uh, suddenly Peter Falk was like, why don't we take that approach and apply it to Columbo? And so he started harassing the editors and trying to like overrule the directors. And he was trying to give it more of an artistic quality stamp. And everyone would lock their doors when they would see or hear Peter Falk coming down the hall. (laughs) So that was the behind the scenes on that. They also had to pick up for reshoots, I guess, and John Cassavetes hair in one scene is significantly shorter than in other scenes, so look out for that. Great episode though. Uh we will do that at some point. The Colombo European film
1: special. Do you think that they stop releasing these animated movies in theaters because of how Powerpuff Girls apparently bombed animate? It it? Well, it's considered a failure according to um to Wikipedia, but it made sixteen million and a eleven million budget. So I, I mean, I'm not sure how much well, marketing went on top of that for. Yeah,
0: for... well, the thing you always have to keep in mind is half the budget goes to the theater, right? So, let's, or rather, half the, half the revenue goes to the theater, and then they never factor in the marketing budget when it comes to films. I don't know why they don't, but oh, that's wait, the case.
1: yeah. Let me see. So it says here that the movie only earned six million over the first five days of release, ranking ninth at the North American box office. Competing with Men in Black 2. And uh, apparently many venues didn't have evening shows. So older fans that, fans of the show, like with jobs, couldn't go see the movie because it would only play during the day.
0: That's insane. Why would you ever allow that? If you're a Warner Brothers release, you, that was a big old mistake. I mean, even as a kid, I remember a lot of the animated films that I went to go see at the theater were, were nighttime. It was always like Friday night, Saturday night, or Saturday afternoon. So hmm, that was mishandled. Six million, I mean opening at ni- like ninth place for a very popular cartoon series, that's dismal.
1: Well, the director said uh, the kids didn't come out. A lot of boys who were fans of it didn't want to tell people that they were fans of the Powerpuff Girls and didn't buy tickets.
0: Hey, that's True, but that ain't a real
1: excuse for this yeah. flopping. Yeah, for the flop that bad. Uh, I'm assuming that's why they changed the... Because that was 2002. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that's why they were like, well, might as well just release them in the channel instead of you know spending as much money as it takes to put it in, in theaters.
0: I bet you they did have other movies ready to come down the pike if that was a success, and that scared them. Because I, I, I think that might have also been the case with Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Because that was a a later theatrical film. It might be the only other theatrical film that is like sourced in Cartoon Network, you know, because they did the Teen Titans movie, obviously, but that's a DC property. Even if it has like a very particular stamp or flair because of the Cartoon Network TV show, Aqua Teen Hunger Force is the only other one to get a theatrical release, right? So that, Uh uh, it's yeah, a regular
1: show movie, but I don't know if that got.
0: Regular show. Yeah.
1: Oh. Okay, here it is Theatrical the, the Field Powerful movie, Clone Morals. Regular almost... show,
0: that might as well have just been broadcast on Tumblr. That in yeah. Steven Universe. And what, there was another one too where they were like, yeah, I know we're like 27 years old, but like this cartoon is actually really good. It's, it's really good. You should actually watch this. This is, yeah. like, shockingly good.
1: My Little Pony Friendship is Magic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I know it's a kid's show, but... Yeah. It's actually kind of
1: deep. Yeah. It makes me feel good about how everyone's friends with each other, and everyone's just very nice. The writing on My Little Pony, it's, it's pretty elaborate. It's, yeah. uh... Yeah. I don't know. I, that show might not be terrible, but the fan base is so horrendous and so creepy that I, I would never even... No. My general rule is if it's a cartoon,
0: it's for an eight-year-old. So I'm not going to watch it.
1: Do you feel the same way about anime? Nah.
0: Yeah, kind of. But I don't... um mm, I, don't, I don't break that rule a little more often than car- American cartoons or Western cartoons. Because I did discover Big O, and I like Big O. and i bought the big o is basically batman with gundams oh they were inspired by batman the animated series it only ran for two seasons and it was a an adult swim show and the american voice actor is the same voice actor as spike on cowboy bebop so and i i the animation style is just really cool So it was like a good nighttime show that i discovered through again one of these compilations of somebody uploading a vhs tape because they probably had to fall asleep early, and were like, "Ah, I want to see Yu Yu Hakusho." I'll put it in the VCR, hit record, and then twenty years later, they uploaded it to YouTube.
1: Well, one of well, that was one of the best things uh, from this Dexter movie for me—the commercials. I saw it on YouTube, and you com-
0: watched it like a TV recording of it because I had they, a videotape of it that I bought.
1: No, they left the commercials in, so you have uh Rugrats applesauce commercials. Mm-hmm. You have a. Uh, the number one movie in the country Stuart little uh, <laughs> uh so it's a lot of just very nostalgic commercials that i didn't even get here because we had latin american cartoon network so it's different right we yeah. don't get we don't get all those fancy products that look gross but they have a, a cartoon on it and and uh so so that's it that's all you needed to to sell it to children um but uh yeah that was that was my favorite part of even though i i did like the movie It's an a stretched out episode, pretty much. But uh, those commercials were just like a nice throwback, especially Uh, that Stuart Little thing. I was like, Stuart Little was the best number one movie. You could never
0: imagine nowadays people showing up like that for Stuart Little.
1: Yeah, how much money does Stuart Little make? Is it really?
0: I went to go see Stuart Little in the theater. Me too. I like Stuart Little. (laughs) I read the book Stuart Little by E. B. White. How about that?
1: Okay, so he made three hundred million worldwide.
0: Wow, wow, that's a for ninety nine. That is really impressive. Wow.
1: Yeah, I was not expecting that. So, I guess how much that of that?
0: Sense. How much of that do you think Jonathan Lipnicki got?
1: Half, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. How much did House get? um who directed so little i'm so surprised that it made so much that's just it's so weird to think about a movie like that making that much money in today's i guess industry where what what, what movies are making that much anymore not Top even Gun superhero Maverick. movies well yeah okay but that i feel like that one has a little bit of that you know uh, we're counterculture so we're going to support it and say it's the greatest thing ever uh-huh. even if it's not that it's good it's very
0: and, oliver anthony yeah which i I, s-
1: I feel like i said this on a podcast i definitely
0: said it in a in a tweet and then i deleted the tweet because i was like ah, i'm not why am i getting into this uh i said you're gonna find out when it comes to oliver anthony i was gonna say you're gonna find out in two weeks he regrets voting for joe biden that's who this guy is and oh. like clockwork what did he say? He said something along those lines. He's like, "Yeah, Joe Biden's not the problem. It's it's the Republicans on stage at the convention that are the problem." And, and like, brrr, damn, I his number who one, it. Yeah.
1: <laughs> his number one hit on Billboard. Ah, not anymore. and it's gone. Just a couple of days later, it's gone. What they uncover like an old interview of him? Or... No, it, was,
0: it was brand new. It was no. brand new. Nobody knows the anything same about this guy. <laughs> they don't know his birthday. They just found out recently Oliver Anthony's not his name. It's his grandfather's name. His real name is like Steve Pecker or something like that. I don't know. This guy's a fraud. He was artificially inflated by somebody like Michael Knowles or Ben Shapiro. Fucking one of those guys paid $200,000 to bump his single up on the top of the charts for iTunes because you can manipulate it. And that's why you're hearing about him. And everyone bought it hook, line, and sinker because he is well, billboard number one now.
1: But it's like, again that counter culture thing, right? Where you don't even have to do anything that's quality. Because if you listen to the song, it's like, okay, it's a country song that talks about what a white man that's not happy or whatever. And just because it's counterculture Is that i don't know i, I yeah. listened to like 10 seconds of it and i was like i don't really need to listen to this but the fact that it's counterculture and all of these people that gave attention to it for no reason other than oh look a white man standing up for the whole country and so now if you're on that side of the political spectrum then you have to support this because mm-hmm. otherwise what are you not uh, but whatever Based? yeah yeah you're not whatever our color is you're not on our team then how dare you so I feel like it's more that than like the song is whatever like it's any any country song that's come out in the past 20 years it's same thing you know nothing mm-hmm. special about it but but you have to say it is because otherwise they win I guess it's yeah, so they win the culture it's dumb oh by the way do you know that Stuart Little uh one of the script writers was uh M. Night Shyamalan no? Yep. He's uh, credited as the one of the two uh, writers for this movie. Along is with, there an uh,
0: asterisk or something? Like he used a pen name for it?
1: Nope. Wow. It just says M. Night Shyamalan screenplay. And if you go to his IMDb, you have uh, The Sixth Sense and Stuart Little right after The Sixth Sense. And then Unbreakable and Signs and The Village and all, all, of, the, all of his creepy movies. But Stuart Little is right there in the middle. Hitmaker. Hitmaker. That yeah, Night Shyamalan. Are you excited
0: about his new movie?
1: I didn't even know. He was what, Knock on the Cabin? Did you watch that? You know what? I thought he had
0: a new movie coming out in a couple of months, and then I realized, no, he doesn't. Oh. He had a movie that came out earlier this year about gay guys going to the woods. That's what I hear in the movies about, is gay guys going to the woods. That's what they should have called it. Is gay guys go to the woods.
1: Is that the one with Batista, right? Yep. Yeah, I think he's one of them. <laughs> yeah no i didn't i feel like I, I i i catch up with his movies whenever we're going to do an episode on him just because i i've What's never it? been a huge fan so it's just like and after watching old and and the visit i was like oh, mm. fuck, oh fuck you again you know uh i'm, I'm not going back to things like signs or uh even something like The Village that falls apart in the, in the last what 15-20 minutes, they have redeemable qualities. Unbreakable is pretty good. Sixth sense, even though you know the twist and it, you know, it kind of ruins the movie. Uh, because you start noticing right from the start, oh, okay, so this is why people ignore him, or this is why no one acknowledges his presence, he's his dead. But that old movie really uh,
0: it soured me too. It, it it gave me the same feeling that I felt when I was watching um the happening, you know. I was mm-hmm. like, ah damn. Oh, this you <laughs> fucked up M night. You fucked up big this time. We did we you know, we'd never finished our M night retrospective
1: yeah i was, think we we got to after earth and devil and and the last vendor and no one was brave enough to <laughs> to or the i don't happening. even think i don't think let, we got
0: to the happening even uh, know, we ended we, on the
1: village we didn't get to Lady in the water either because why because i don't watch that yeah uh, maybe we
0: gotta watch Stuart little maybe we gotta go back and watch Stuart little i just looked up Stuart little too not as successful just the skin of their teeth they got by with that one 120 yeah, well, million dollar budget 100 and did you see the poster He's on a skateboard and he's doing this.
1: Nice, but you know? check check the writers. It's M Night there. No, M Night's not. No, that's no. why it flops. No, they that's only right. Got Bruce
0: Joel Rubin from Jacob's Ladder. Whoa, they went. They stayed dark, I guess. Yeah, they went you darker. Got the,
1: you got the hit maker out of that, and now you got skateboarding Stuart Little.
0: And did you Just, see? It's actually a trilogy. There's a huh. third Stuart Little, but it's entirely animated.
1: It's. It's a series, isn't it?
0: No, no. It's Uh, a
1: TV series. They got the
0: entire cast back. Michael J. Fox, Gina Davis, Hugh Laurie. They added Wayne Brady, but it's an animated movie. Stuart Little 3, Call of the Wild.
1: I guess after not making as much money on the second one, they didn't want to invest in more CGI for, for the third one.
0: Well, it was all CGI.
1: I'm, oh, I, mean, I get what you mean. I thought you meant anim- like 2D animation. It is 2D animation. Is mm-hmm. that 2D animation? No, no,
0: no. It, I, I think this is... Is it two-dimensional?
1: It's like two and a half. <laughs> is that a thing? No, that's like sail shade. cell yeah, shade animation, yeah, yeah. right?
0: I was going to say, was it, there was a particular game around that era that was very popular, and it was the first to usher in that Scanner Darkly sort of look.
1: Transformers? There was a Transformers game that came out that used that Cell shading animation that I had on like PlayStation 3, I think, or something like that.
0: It, it was something like, um, it was not this game, but it was something like Seven Winter like, Cell.
1: Was it Seven? Seven was a first person shooter that had this type of animation, too. I think it was called Seven, and I think that was on GameCube. I have um, no
0: idea, but you know what? We're gonna talk about Dexter's Lab Ego oh, yeah. a little bit and yeah. how <laughs> sexual that movie is, how BDSM E dexter's lab ego trip is with dexter the adult uh very like cucky soy dexter yeah being whipped by mandark it was very gay it was because very he was BDSM. late was it? yeah yeah but I- i'll tell you what this whole movie felt very like now it felt very timely De- especially with everybody messing around with oh what if there's multiple versions of yourself in the multiverse and you team up and we spend $260 million on making a movie like that and sync the whole company? You know, yeah. it felt very that.
1: Yeah, you got the Voltron Dexter with just five, was it five or four different versions of himself? Uh, there's the, Dexter. There
0: co- there's the 20-year-old Dexter who's uh wagey. There's mm-hmm. elderly Dexter who's my favorite Dexter. Yeah. He would make me crack up laughing when I was a little boy, uh, and then you have like Chad, Alpha,
1: Thor, Dexter, yeah, going against obese, right? Man, mm. what is it? Mandark, Mandr, Mandark, Mandark, Mandark. Yeah, there was an Aditi. obese. There was an obese version of him. Was there also like a baby version? I think oh, there was a
0: brain. He was isolated right. as a brain as well.
1: Yeah, yeah, very much a shared universe type of thing. Um, I really, I really like uh the 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 animator. I guess Tartakovsky's style of uh, there's a lot of and and I'm I, I don't know if if this is true or not, but I feel like there's a lot of Ren and Stimpy isms. Into his style, where there's a lot of weird close-ups that show detail. Uh, there's a lot of uh, very creative ways of using shadows and very creative ways of shooting. Well, not shooting uh, animated action, I guess, because mm-hmm. it's very over the top. It feels it feels uh, at points as a like a Power Rangers type of thing, but more exaggerated and more over the top. And I really enjoyed the way that they animated the action um, because it just, they just go all out. There's nothing that feels uh, like straight or boring. Everything is very colorful. Everything has a, a lot of play with shadows and highlights and, and just the, the action sequences really worked for me here in this one. And also on the, on the power of girl movies, I, I, that animation felt a, a lot crisper and a lot, Sharper than I remembered. It, it kind of felt like it came out more recently than it, than it is, especially if you think about what twenty-one years ago, yeah, right? It's it's been
0: a while. So the Powerpuff Girls movie that definitely had more of a budget behind it than the standard Cartoon Network show, and you can tell because it yeah. looks very crisp. I had a solid. I guess, Blu-ray rip of it that I watched. And they also tweaked the art style very slightly Mm -hmm. with that. And everything looks a little bit more slick, which they did not do that with the Aqua Teens movie. They did that almost (laughs) verbatim. They spit it out of Photoshop, just like the TV show. So I saw a 4K restoration of Dexter's Lab Ego Trip that was on YouTube. That's the one that I watched, actually. I didn't want, I did not watch my videotape I got of it back in 1999. And the AI processing to upscale that to 4K was pretty impressive. So I can't legitimately comment on whether or not it was crisp or it looked good because what I got was an artificial version of that. But they didn't change anything with that. It kind of just, it, it, to what you said before, it plays like a three episode version of mm-hmm. Dexter's Lab that they merged into one episode, but I did feel like, it didn't feel like a TV movie. A lot of these TV movies that are based on TV shows and cartoons especially, feel like, okay, we have the beginning and then the end, and then the beginning and then the end, and then the beginning and then the end. Obviously the Powerpuff Girls movie, you have the beginning and then you end. They Mm -hmm. did treat it like a movie. It didn't play like, it was just merged episodes from a story perspective.
1: yeah. There's no commercial breaks, yeah.
0: Well, you got commercial breaks. Well, I did. I, yes. Yeah. No, no,
1: but only on the Dexter one, not mm-hmm. on the Powerpuff. Yes. That one just places a straight movie. Did you watch Aqua Teen Forever Plantasm?
0: Yes, I did. Did you?
1: No. Is it's the animation good. there improved? Because I know they didn't improve it on the first one, but I'm looking at screen caps of this one and it seems a little more modern.
0: It is a little more modern with that one. The, he, they got the original animator back or the guy who handled a lot of the animation processing. And he has since moved on to bigger and better things. And so when they reached out to him, they were like, do you want to do this one? He was like, yeah, I'll do it. But only if we do it in 4K. What they were doing the show with, the master files were something like 480p. They didn't Mm -hmm. even do 1080 back then. Wow. So he figured out a whole process for doing it in 4K. That's why it looks as good as it does. And I will say that movie... Much better than the, the first one, way more um funny and cinematic.
1: Yeah, I remember the first one being kind of a, a drag of points, kind of like the same way that a, the Tim and Eric movie felt, where it was just like, all right,
0: with dude. the Tim and Eric movie, it for that, what they were doing worked best, in my opinion, in 10 minute increments. And when you stretch that out to, hey, it's an 85, 90-minute movie, you are asking a lot of the audience. Like That is going to be your dedicated hardcore fans only who are going to enjoy that thing. What I think Tim Heidecker especially is best utilized as on screen is a character in somebody else's comedy. Mm -hmm. He's great on Adult Swim in those little fragmented specials, but doing that stretched out just doesn't work. And he's very funny. You know, obviously, he's kind of a a pain in some sense when you think about his real life persona. But I still find him very funny. If I'm watching on cinema at the cinema, or anything really that he's doing, I still find him just as funny as as I probably always did. Um, Eric Wareheim, he probably doesn't have as much flexibility as a as an actor, so I don't know for certain. But uh, yeah, that Tim and Eric billion dollar movie was not great. The Aqua Teen movie, it kind of just felt like they didn't know what to do with the film, <laughs> yeah.
1: you know? It, was, it just felt like... All over the place, yeah. Yeah,
0: it felt like they had six different ideas for episodes and they tried to squeeze it into a feature film and that was a big mistake.
1: Didn't uh, Eric just became like a producer? He's ready? a
0: director now. He's a music okay. video director and he directed some TV episodes like Master of None. I know he was a character on the first two seasons of that and he directed some episodes. He plays it low-key these days.
1: I mean, it's good for him, I guess. I don't know. I I don't really... I'm not really familiar with uh, Tim's work outside of the comedy, which is great.
0: The comedy is great. I want uh, them to restore that, remaster that, and put it out again.
1: What, is it only on DVD? Yeah. Oh.
0: Well. You can't even find it. Criterion put it out on their streaming service not long ago, uh, along with the other films that that director, Rick Alverson... Had uh handled like Entertainment and The Mountain. And those are both pretty good. Entertainment, especially, is, is good, but I think the comedies is best.
1: Is Entertainment the one with Neil Hamburger? hmm Oh right. Never saw that one. I remember the trailer and was interested in it. It just went by and I didn't see it.
0: This might be a three-part show, since now I'm thinking, oh, there's adult swim movies we also have to talk about at some point. I know that they did a Venture Brothers movie just this year that came out Um, because I guess Cartoon Network was or rather uh, they greenlit a bunch of Adult Swim feature film properties to put out directly on HBO Max and Venture Brothers was the other one after Aqua Teens. And so maybe we'll we'll check that out at some point. And then there's also the Tim Heidecker movie Mr. America. Which is based on his on cinema at the cinema character. So,
1: yeah, I'm not not familiar with that one at all. Um, that one
0: was pretty funny. That one actually wasn't so bad. Much better than Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie.
1: So, Adult Swim is it just those that you just mentioned that went to theater? Just feature- uh, oh yeah, a column movie for theaters and Mr. America are the only. To- there, well, yeah.
0: There's a, there's a gray area where Adult Swim had nothing to do with the movies, like the tim heidecker character from on cinema he owns that so he could the same thing with the billion dollar movie Mm -hmm. not warner produced that was i believe um god it was a very popular magnet it was magnet put it out 10 years ago now so there's that whole gray area of
1: adult swim shows to movies but would you yeah would you like to cover the metalocalypse movie because i'm I really like that show. (laughs) I've never watched it. I'd be down to
0: cover it. I would definitely be down to cover it. So we can add that to the roster from
1: this year. Yeah. So we could from this year too. Yeah, I don't Hmm. know if it's out yet. It says 2023 August 22nd. So it just came out. It's called Doomstar Army of the Doomstar. Uh, That show was just really funny. Um, I had a lot of like metalhead. Attempting to be metalhead friends growing up, and they make fun of all of those people, and it's just it's just a very relatable to my <laughs> how I grew right. up with just all of these metal shitheads. Um, so we we could do Plantasm, and we can do Venture Venture Brothers. That's like always considered, I guess, as one of the better shows they put out. I I've never seen it. I just know that it's what Johnny Quest ish, right? that's the like designs for,
0: of the characters i think are inspired by it
1: i think johnny quest shows up in a couple of episodes or something but uh but it's it's similar with the adventure thing i believe and this is coming from me never watching an episode but uh but that would be interesting i think that's what they used to close the series right that movie that just came out yeah serious yes yeah,
0: yeah yeah so we we could definitely do that um I'm looking at the adult swim... Also, because we've hardly talked about these two movies here. Which did you prefer out of the two films? Uh... Because I think I was more impressed with the Powerpuff Girls movie, to be honest with you. But I enjoyed the Dexter movie overall, even though it did feel like a slog at times. It felt like we got to speed this up. Even though it was only 80 minutes or something like that,
1: I enjoyed... The elements of it more it's definitely funnier right yeah there's a lot of more comedy in it uh the one thing that i didn't really like about the powerpuff girls one is that i feel like the story was very simple just because you were telling the origin story so you couldn't really go that deep into who they're fighting i guess so it's just oh well they just met mojo jojo and now they beat him and and that's it like it's very basic story at least Mm -hmm. with the dexter one you play with timelines and you go back in time and you do all this a little bit more complicated thing especially with the ending where it all wraps wraps up uh but if you look at the visual style if you look at the way that the animation looks and obviously the budget was a lot bigger so maybe that's why it looks like that Uh, as much as i feel like the animations are very similar uh I would say as a movie, definitely the Powerpuff one works better. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as like a not long episode, the, the Dexter, or, or as a more interesting story, I guess, the Dexter one um, is better for me, especially because it's all the, the comedy that it, that it has in it. Too. What,
0: what I don't understand, and the Powerpuff Girls movie is not the first TV show to film to do this. I don't ever understand who they're trying to play to when they take a property that's established on television, you know that's going to be primarily the audience that shows up to the theater. Mm-hmm. And then they give you a repeat storyline that is slightly different. The Trailer Park Boys movie did the exact same thing where they repeated the story of the first few episodes. They give you the origin and they play it out a little bit different. Does I, I, I think that's kind of a big waste of an opportunity. In my opinion, I didn't mind it with the Powerpuff Girls because I did not watch the Powerpuff Girls. So it's catering to that audience, right? But um, on the whole, like, I think you're alienating your your core base there. And why do that?
1: Why would you do yep. that? Yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's also not such a complicated story that you have to... Well, I guess they, they do that with Spider-Man and Batman all the time, right? <laughs> Where you just tell the, te- the same origin that everyone... That knows anything about those characters knows obviously this being not such a popular well-known property maybe they could get away with it but at the same time like you said the people that are showing up to see this are not just random moviegoers that see the poster right. and are like hey let's go see this movie about three girls that dress in colorful outfits uh if they know nothing about it right uh yeah. so you you are alienating the fan base that are ready you know, doesn't want to sit there for half an hour while you tell them what their first steps were or how well, they, they already know. Yeah, it. They, exactly. they sum
0: it up in the opening credits every single episode yeah. of the TV show. Um, you know, I did enjoy Mojo Jojo as a as a villain there. I thought he was pretty funny, actually, at certain points. But uh, yeah, no, I, I guess um, it. I didn't see it as like a bad movie or anything. I just saw it as like a children's movie. It made me go mm-hmm. back into the headspace of going to see Pokemon the first movie at the at the theater once upon a time. Also, I think in 99 when Dexter's Lab dropped. So uh, that movie, I bet you, is not watchable at all as an adult. I have a feeling. Is that, that the Mewtwo? We ever... Yeah, Mewtwo strikes back.
1: Do you think you're cry again watching that? Cry again? I didn't cry <laughs> the first.
0: Cry again.
1: What? You didn't cry
0: when Pikachu... I was Pikachu Get was <laughs> cold hearted child in the theater seeing people cry around me. I did not cry at that. I knew <laughs> he was coming back.
1: He had to wake Ash up with his tears and his little cheek t- thunder <laughs> or whatever, right? Isn't that what happens? It was
0: something <laughs> yeah. like that. Yeah. Hey, did you ever see the before and after on Pokemon when the seizures happened? No. Back in Japan, oh, these yeah, episodes yeah, yeah. of Pokemon gave children seizures, and it was this big controversy even in america when we didn't even have pokemon on the tv yet people were talking about it they made fun of it on the simpsons before pokemon was a known quantity and then you take a look at the before and after of it and it's like very fluid animation on that japanese show and then on the american show what they did to solve this problem was let's just keep it freeze framed so you would just get like ah,
1: and it would oh. be very slow. So at the flashes. end, when you have the "Who's that Pokemon?" is just a still image. It's not the <laughs> movie yeah, kind action. of
0: yeah, 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 kind of like that. So very, uh, very interesting stuff there. Mm. Mike Tyson mysteries never had a movie. Where's that?
1: Where is that indeed? Where they is that indeed? Was Black, it Black Norm? Norm play the pigeon. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um.
0: All right. I think we've covered these two films enough. Is, you got an early morning tomorrow. What? Is
1: this the first animated movie they would cover? No, like it can't be. Five hundred episodes. How many episodes do we have?
0: We're getting real close to three hundred. We might be actually nine episodes away from three hundred, if I remember correct.
1: And he's, I, I can't think of any other animation movie, even something like Skyner Darkly. I don't think we've ever. How
0: about, about this? How about this for a last minute challenge for this episode? Can you name all the episodes in order? No, <laughs> I wasn't. Well, you even weren't in on the, for the first 30. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Let's see. Gotti, number one, number two. Black Klansman, number three, Full Metal Jacket, number four. I already I think I might have lost it already. <laughs> Fuck. I feel like I had to dip out on episode four. Back in the day, what I would do is say, hey, Hans, hey, Jake. Could you just do this episode for me? Because I'm busy this week. Kind of like what I left you to do only two weeks ago. And you did more back in 2018 than you did during the three months I was away for Omega Fish Corp. So I think it was, was it Halloween?
1: So four is the legacy of a white deer hunter.
0: Yeah, I didn't even, that was me. I covered that. That movie was forgettable, I guess. I
1: don't even, never even heard of it. Uh, Hereditary was five. And then venom which was my first Mm -hmm. that was episode six and then venom part two which i think we did together
0: right tag team yeah
1: this is a seven and then david gordon green's halloween then halloween three thunder road cam the house that jack built first reformed that's the first 13 episodes so you got you got Three right,
0: (laughs) (laughs) damn. I was way off with that. All right, well, I don't know my own show, apparently. I would, I could, if you know, if you told me, hey, name episodes 150 to 155, I would not be able to do that. I would neither, and I was in them, so yeah, yeah, so that's all right. Podcasts, it's a disposable medium. It's not supposed to be remembered. You're not supposed yeah. to go through all the episodes and find incriminating things that were said, embarrassing right. things that were said, and then create mm-hmm. a reel and then write an AI article to damage people's reputations. You're never supposed to do that. Yeah. It's, a, and it's also if. Media.
1: If I say something on episode 20 and change my mind on episode 100, who cares? You know, I don't remember. You did say say the N-word on episode
0: 66, but then you changed your mind on episode 121. With an A instead of the ER. All right. That is the first installment of our Cartoon Network animated film special. Um, I guess we're going to pick up. I don't even feel like getting into it for the next episode. I feel like we can pick this up at any point. Maybe this will be episode 307.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm good. I've I've honestly not been interested in animation for a lot of years. So Mm. after this one, I'm kind of like, all right. Didn't renew my interest, really. Hey, they have a Rick and Morty anime. Cool. Good for them. They didn't even watch the original show. So yeah, it stars reading. Yohei Tadano as Rick Sanchez. Doing English?
0: No, doing Japanese. Oh, okay. Because I would it like to already, hear him.
1: I guess it was released in Japan already. I'd like to hear him do the Rick voice, but in English. Then i watch. That's how you get me. That's how you get me as an audience. Just get a, an all Asian cast to do the English voices for the anime. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Boondocks movie. Oh, we could have had the Boondocks
0: movie. What what was it? It was Uncle Ruckus, the film that did not get kickstarted. Did you ever see this? No. You should pull it up real quick before we close out the show because everyone who has access to the video on patreon.com deserves to see what we missed out on. And I believe it was the voice actor who plays Uncle Ruckus who was trying to have it happen. He got very, it was kind of one of these situations where John Totoro asked the Coen brothers if he could do a film with his character. And I guess the guy who created the Boondocks was like, yeah, you know, I I don't know, but I guess so. Aaron Magruder signed off on it.
1: No, this looks okay.
0: Uncle Ruckus, the movie. It was a goal at 200,000. They were 70 short. Should have done
1: Indiegogo. Two hundred thousand. That's kinda low for what
0: for... what this movie would need or be.
1: Wait, you see the live action? Mm-hmm. Yeah. R- really?
0: Yeah. Scroll down.
1: Oh no. I thought he was just playing the character because he wanted to I did Oh no, that's sad. What happened with this money? Did they give it back? Is that.
0: No, kept back in the day, Kickstarter was all or nothing. You either make your goal or the money goes right back in the pockets of the contributors.
1: Well, that didn't tell me anything. Is this. Uh-huh. Well, uh-huh. well, you oh, know, he knows what point. he was doing because the audio is only coming out of the e- left ear. <laughs> so, uh, not even stereo
0: oh hello everybody it's me uncle ruckus and guess what i'm doing at the computer device i'm setting up the uncle ruckus google hangathon oh what is that uncle ruckus you might say well on monday february 25th from 5 to 8 p.m pacific time you can get on the google hangathon and hang out with me uncle ruckus eyeball to eyeball just sitting and
1: chatting just enjoying each other's company yeah because you know what's great um when actors do characters without having the people that write for the characters involved that always works out so great right you don't have the people that created the character writing it it's just the actor improvising as the character what
0: is the story for the film?
1: Um, uh, to we're raising funds for an R rated theatrical comedy. Uh, movie will be written and directed by Ira Magruder. Okay, so so it is the creator that written, I guess, what I was saying, it was more about that hangout. because you just want to hang out with a guy in costume? Uh, he does the voice on the animated series Story, which is currently being written. So, you are selling. A movie, and you want to get $200,000 for a movie that's not even been written, how do you sell that? How I just... w-
0: okay, can you scroll down Yeah, here? Uh, it, this kind of feels like a weird cash grab, like he was short for money and he tried to do something. First, because Sony, who mm-hmm. produces the Boondocks animated series, is not involved with the project in any way. In fact, there are no investors, corporate or otherwise, involved with the movie as of this moment. The whole thing is kind of an odd idea, so we're just starting with Kickstarter on this one, and we'll see what happens. That doesn't make me feel good. No. The fact that a hundred and twenty thousand dollars were raised, but for this thing, based with that right there in the description, people were really using their money stupidly when it came to Kickstarter. Like Kickstarter is full of scams and accidental scams, and people who never mailed out a comic book. But um, this sort of thing. No, this feels like the actor was hard up for money and he put on an eyeball and then said, hey, Aaron, why don't we work on a movie? And Aaron's like, huh? Uh, All right. Sure. Yeah, sure. When I have some time. And then he went and put up this Kickstarter that he recorded and did everything for himself. Now, that's all just projection on my part. That's how this looks. But this is not. This well, is not
1: good. If you read this, risks and challenges, it says the money we're raising represents partial funding for the film. So the first challenge is to raise the rest of the money. So that's telling you if we raise the $200,000, it might still not happen because that's just the initial hurdle, which is pay for the actor's rent, I guess. And then after that, if we get the rest of the money, then this might happen. It's still not guaranteed that if you get the 200000 anything will be done, especially if you say this is being written, which could be true or could just be something that they wrote here because there's nothing. The video just shows him in the shadows getting a Confederate flag and then walking, like waving it which doesn't tell you anything about the movie because that's just the character, right? This little video of him doing a Google Hangout, which, by the way, remember Google Hangouts? Is that still... I think I think
0: they shut it down. I think it just merged into YouTube Live. Right. So
1: he wanted to do a Google Hangout, I guess, to raise money. But it's such a horrible project just because nothing is guaranteed. So even if we raise or if we get to the goal they still might not do anything.
0: Okay, my mistake here, I thought this was all the actor. Aaron Magruder started this Kickstarter campaign, so maybe he Mm. was hard up for money. Because this is very sloppy, and if you have a show on a major network and you think that this is presentable, that's not good. That means something bad's going on in in his life. So... uh,
1: (sighs) Wait... An Uncle Ruckus documentary will be produced in place of the movie, allowing all the rewards to remain unaffected.
0: Okay, here we go. So if for some reason we reach our Kickstarter goals but still fail to actually get the movie off the ground, the following will happen. All bag ruckus rewards will be fulfilled by mid-2013. 10 Which years is ago.
1: the songs, right, that he recorded, apparently.
0: Mm. Um, yeah, And then, huh? you, as you had said here... An Uncle Ruckus mockumentary, Uncle Ruckus Saves America, will be produced in place of the Uncle Ruckus movie, which is always the failed filmmaker's <laughs> approach. When you fail to make the movie, you start thinking, what if we just turn it into a documentary about how we failed to make the movie?
1: And you know what the mockumentary will be? This. <laughs> For an hour and a half.
0: <laughs> Google Hangathon. Oh, what is that? You like that background noise? Th- that th- background th- hiss th- that's th- as loud as oh his speeding? Yeah. In,
1: in one ear. yeah yeah well sad
0: we won't have this to add to the list what a missed opportunity all right
1: maybe we'll get that uncle ruckus movie someday yeah you think (laughs) this was 2013 where that show was still relevant right well they went back and they did another run at the boondocks
0: remember it got Renewed for a revival season, like when they were doing Will and Grace is back, Roseanne is back, Murphy Brown is back, the Boondocks are back.
1: They have it all
0: done. They have The voice actors did the voices. Um, wh- Who's the actor who died? Or, sorry, the comedian who died recently, who's actually a very funny comedian?
1: Uh, John Witherspoon.
0: John Witherspoon. I believe he did his voices for this revival series, but it ain't seeing the light of day. Last I checked, HBO dumped it
1: mm.
0: yeah so what a shame <laughs> we'll see if somebody picks it up on february 2nd 2022 it was revealed that development had been canceled and the project was shelved now they did a batman series which is supposed to be batman the animated series but it's for adults you know it's it's dark it's dark this time it's it's dirty batman's eating pussy batman's supposed eating to... pussy on the
1: roof I supposed to wasn't the original dark already,
0: yeah, but it's darker now. Oh. Now he's he's got a dildo collection in his belt. That's, That's what right. Batman does because all these animators, all these cartoon people are perverts. They're fucking perverts. You go to Paul, is it Paul Denny who created Batman the not created but like did the designs for Batman the animated series? Paul Denny, just type in uh Paul Denny Harley Quinn tits and you will see some things that Paul Denny has scribbled on his website in his private time you got poison ivy and harley quinn doing all sorts of nasty things that they should never do because it's (laughs) children's characters what are you thinking paul denny i might be blaming it who who did the design
1: he created harley it's not paul denny i'm
0: not finding anything bruce (laughs) tim harley quinn type in bruce tim harley quinn tits let's see Pervert.
1: Oh yep. Yeah. Yep. There That's you it. go. Can't show it on stream on screen, but what yep. are you talking
0: about? I got an a- i got an ass in my okay. background here. All right. There this is Patriot. Is. As long as it's animated, who cares? There you go. So he's a pervert. There's poison ivy there.
1: Yep. So every character is just naked. Yep. He loves drawing
0: all the same characters, but naked. What is she doing to Batman there? What's going on with her and Batman? Where? This right here on the side, on the left. Uh, Dead center. Nope, right next to
1: Oh, Oh, Jesus, yeah. Whoa,
0: okay. The kiss scene from the episode 518, the uncensored version. (laughs) Batman is saying, no, mustn't give in. What will the kids think of me? Or hell, fuck the kids. And Batman's got a big boner.
1: Wow. (laughs) Nice. Why why did you make me aware of this? I wish I never saw this. Look at this. What
0: is wrong with this man? He wrote sprawling on there. Scenes we'd like to
1: see and joker's penises. Is... <laughs> ah, I I hate to say it, but you were right. You were <laughs> right about <right>. him <laughs>
0: Wow. Uh he's using a whoopee cushion in her pussy. Mm-hmm. That would be disgusting. She'd be queefing. You'd get all like the inner uh she, you know Harley Quinn probably has a dirty snatch. You'd be getting her like yeasty fucking uh infection smells. She's in a she's in a polyester suit all day. You don't think she's got some some rot down there? I uh, <laughs> I don't know. She's so crazy, this is right? yeah. This is yeah. <laughs> You know, she's probably got like, uh, you know, you heard of a cream pie? She probably actually puts like cream filling in there and just squeezes it out as a gag for the Joker, you know, like a, like an actual cream pie.
1: Yeah. That's the, the one kind that's... of wacky
0: shenanigans she does. Kind of wacky shenanigans Harley Quinn gets up to like sitting on the, the bed knob at the end of the bed.
1: <laughs> From The Exorcist? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, Damn. Harley Quinn. Rest in peace, Bruce. Oh, Tim. yeah, she died. <laughs> Bruce Timm? Isn't he dead? No, Bruce Timm's alive. But
0: Harley Quinn, the uh, original Harley Quinn, died yesterday. I
1: think. Um, I think if uh if if you see this, uh, it makes sense, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah. yeah. Yes, it does.
1: Yep, I see yes. it. I yep physiognomy definitely has that
0: read the glasses it's very danny elfman yep danny what did danny elfman sing about little girls that's bruce tim's face look at those are women's cat glasses what (laughs) the fuck is he thinking with that i mean i guess that's the least of his problems yeah but uh what do you do what do you do if you're bruce tim you start drawing animated pussy you just start jacking off mid-drawing why is are you that,
1: doing that? Is that what he does on like Patreon or something? Is that what he's doing now? Just... Yeah, it's probably Patreon only. You can see Catwoman getting gaped. Oh, no, it's not Patreon. It's on his Instagram too. So I guess oh. he's just, yeah. That's all
0: he does these days. Yeah. He gave up. He gave up on the facade of being uh, a children's illustrator, animator. Now, no, he's just a pervert. Does that attract women? I'm sure. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'm sure. Absolutely. <laughs> but probably yeah. like fat goth girl types. I I even doubt that. That
0: I really. I think it's mostly men with like women's accounts on Instagram.
1: Yep. Yeah, the the ones that are curious about seeing those characters that way.
0: Could you could you draw me Bane's penis? He probably gets a lot of requests like that. Can if you I what... send you. could you just draw Robin
1: uh, bent over, nude? Can you you show me how big you can make Clayface's penis? What if Clayface (laughs) had a bunch of penises?
0: What if he used his clay to build a big penis body?
1: Yeah, you have to pay $20 in his Patreon
0: to make requests. (laughs) So that's unfortunate. Are you going to watch that Amazon caped crusader Batman animated series?
1: I don't even know what that is. I just, I'm just learning about it right now. It,
0: it suffered the same fate as the boondocks where Zaslav came in and said, mm, no, thank you. We're I know good. it's finished. We're all set. And then Amazon swooped in and bought it because it's Batman. What are you going to turn Batman down?
1: Yeah. No, I'm not going to watch that. Unless yeah, we cover maybe. it. That's going to be one of those things of like, i only watch it if we cover it. And I doubt we'll do that. No, I think we're past that.
0: Okay, all right. That has been movies for this week. Thank you for listening.